What's up, Hyperfast Nation? We've got an amazing guest today. He is in the technology sales industry, has successfully started and exited multiple tech companies, and now he is the CEO and founder of Uvaro, which is one of the fastest growing sales tech boot camps in North America. And we had an amazing discussion about sales technology, how it will impact the real estate industry, how it already has. So buckle up, you're in for a wild ride. Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. All right. Welcome to the show today, Joseph. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well, Dan. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. And you are, you are joining us from up north, right? Across, across the border in Toronto. Do I, got that? Do I have that correct? That's right. It is uh, it definitely uh, turning into winter here. Thanks for joining. I know you've got an amazing story and, and uh, you know, serial entrepreneur and had sec- you know, several successful companies i think you've got a lot of great insights that you can talk to the hyperfast audience today about and, and, and how to you know what they're good at i think you you know because you you've definitely had crossover and had people from real estate come into your sales world but then mm-hmm. you've got tools that have helped realtors and people in real estate or potentially could anyway become more successful before we jump into that though why don't you give people your short background, let them know who you are and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Uh, so, uh, Joseph Hung, co-founder, CEO at Uvaro. I've run five tech companies. Uh, so all kind of business to business software sales. I'm deep tech. My background's computer engineering. Um, sold a couple of companies, had some pretty good success. Building great sales teams has always been a challenge. It's always a tough spot. And uh, in our most recent company, we actually pivoted to take our sales training and turn that into the core of the business. So our company actually takes some really effective sales training, some really effective tools and helps people transition from other industries into tech. So we get a lot of people who've been selling advertising, hospitality, travel, launch their careers in tech, and we introduce them to fantastic tech companies. And Part of what uh, I think is going to be really relevant to your audience is that we've had a lot of people who do make that transition from kind of real estate and finance into tech. And it's really interesting because sometimes they don't recognize what they're already so strong at. Uh, when they translate into tech, it's great. But I think there's a lot of opportunities to leverage the, the tools, the lessons that have worked well for tech in selling remotely and apply them to their real estate business right now. And what, so, so you, you had a successful sales company and then basically took that training pro- program and realized, Hey, what, what worked here? What, what trained the, the, the people in this, this company, this can help other people sell. That's it. Exactly. So we had software that helped sales teams perform and the people who were installing and running our software were all sales trainers. They'd go into a company, train the team, leave our software behind. And What we recognized was that 
that works out well if you're a company that can afford a, a great professional sales trainer, but it doesn't work if you're a one-off, you're a solopreneur, you're responsible for your own business. And so we worked with those resellers to repackage the training, package our software and launch a program that anyone can enroll in. And so now we have students all across North America uh, using our training and our software to build their careers. What do you think were the key aspects of that training program that have led people in other, you know, in other industries, other companies to have success? The really big things I think are the focus on tech. I mean, we're not the first sales trainers out there. I mean, there's Gap Selling, Grant Cardone, there's fantastic trainers out there and they've all got um, really great techniques, really good habits. And in all honesty, the real estate profession is full of amazing salespeople. But selling software, selling technology comes with a few assumptions. There's a lot of barriers and bias in the space. I mean, the language that we use, the tools that we use, we're selling on Zoom, we're selling using video, we use language like MRR and churn and ARR and what's the ACV and often getting into tech is really just about knowing the words and knowing the process. And so our program is really tech focused. We use a lot of technology. We talk about how tech companies work. Uh, and because we were a tech company, we have this amazing network to introduce people to. So, and we believe in it so strongly, we actually don't charge people until they graduate and land a job. So the, the fee model is also very accessible. That's, I think, been the, the big lever for us. And what do you think are the key components or, or things that have worked well for you, for tech companies that are also important and work really, really well in the real estate industry? Oh my goodness. There's so many, it's hard to know exactly where to start. Um, the number one thing that really sticks out though, when I think about the agents who have come into our program, done really well, crushed it at tech companies, is the ability to tell a story. Yeah, I mean, straight up, software salespeople generally are pretty bad at storytelling. You know, they start off by saying, hey, here's my software. Here's this button. Here's this list. Here's this menu. It's like this parade of features. Um, you know, if you've ever been on one of those really bad tours where they're like, if you look out the left side of the bus, and often software sales feels like that, what you want to be able to do is to tell a really good story. Hey, one of our clients who we worked with had this problem. We solved it this way. And we see time and time again, real estate professionals are really good at that. Like, yeah, you've just had your kid. You're looking for a house. I just worked with another family who was just solving that. And here's how we found a good neighborhood. And that's storytelling. That's a huge strength that is often overlooked. So that's the first one that jumps out. Uh, there's a ton beyond that, but that's the kind of thing that we see all the time. Do, do you think the storytelling is, you know, the, the, the main area that people need improvement in or, or, what about also just the ability to ask the right questions, find out what that prospect needs, and then be able to tell them maybe through the story, you know, how you can solve their problem. Great discovery questions are absolutely a strength. Uh, I think if I looked at sales professionals in the tech space, it's one of the top areas that trainers, sales leaders will say, hey, my team needs to improve at. A lot of real estate professionals who come in uh, recognize I think that they're they're good at that at uncovering some of the pains at you know really figuring out what are the underlying motivators how do you build that relationship and, and deeply understand the client I think there's 
a pretty good self-awareness about that. And that's, that's more the reason why I didn't bring it up. Um, I think the part that's uh, maybe a little disappointing is we see a lot of real estate professionals who are already really strong at so many areas. The storytelling, yes, uh, discovery questions, but also objection handling, uh, putting in discretionary effort and running a system. These are strengths they often don't realize are strengths. Uh, and I think that's what's so intriguing because they'll come into it and sure, they know that, hey, there's a bunch of tools I can learn that would help me in my current or my next role, but they often don't see some of the strengths they already have. What, um, what do you think are the biggest challenges people in sales have in, in, in general outside of, you know, maybe what we've already discussed? In, in general, one of the big things is, is just you're learning new rules right now. Everybody is. I mean, whether you're working from home, your customers are working from home, you're buying remotely, all of these things, it's a new equation for a lot of people. And that's across all industries. I mean, we have grads who are selling in solar, selling in energy, and in all of them, they're learning how to use LinkedIn for social prospecting. They're learning how to use Zoom. They're learning how to use Vidyard. So just that, that idea of adapting to the new process, I think that's one really, really big challenge. It's a huge opportunity too, though, because suddenly your market is way larger and that's really exciting. Um, the second thing I'd point to is there is a ton of technology that is used in some industries, but isn't used in others. And I think we're in the middle of a really big realignment. So as a good example, uh, we're right now in the process of moving. We, you can't, you can't even see it, uh, but this is, this is a green screen with a picture of my office because right now my office is all torn down. They've just painted it. We're listing it next week. Our agent is an amazing professional. We're using electronic signing, but as he nurtures his clients, he's not using like things like Vidyard and Loom for video selling, not using cadences for nurturing that relationship, um, not as much focus on uh, not just SEO, but how you could use schema markup to improve your search. A lot of these things that are necessary in the technology space, we're seeing trickle into other spaces. So I think getting used to the idea that uh, how groups sell in different industries is going to become more common. And there's a whole ton of new technologies that are available. Uh, I'd say is a, a, a big change that people will need to get used to as well. So you would, you would say in general from, from just what you've seen in the real estate, you know, and people you've interacted with, they're maybe adopting some of the things that are, common in the tech sales industry, but, but it's more like a trickle in pace or there's, there's things that could be adopting faster. Like what, what, where do you think are the biggest areas that, that realtors could in, Totally. Could on? Number one, use of video. I'm going to double down on that one. So for example, a couple of the agents that I know here in town, I see a couple of them, great adopters of it. And they use video on things like their listings. That's an easy, obvious one. Whether you do like a tour, you do a walkthrough, you're pitching it see more agents adopting that, but video and communications. So for example, when I'm selling software, if I'm sending an email to a client, every second, every third email actually has a video embedded in it. I'm using tools like Vidyard, tools like Loom to better express what I'm trying to say. I can be using props. I could be showing pictures. It's a very physical environment. I know a couple of agents who do that really well. You know, they'll talk to a client about a listing and maybe they're on site and they're showing or they're just engaging with them. And it's actually faster than recording an email, but you've got a much tighter rapport. So that's a big one. So they're actually making a, uh, a new email each 
or a new video for, for each each time. It's not just like a stock series they send out or something. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, Joseph, I'm in this house and I mean the view is view is really great. I know this you might not like this part as much, but this is this is different than other things we've seen or or whatever. Exactly. So things like, uh, hey, Joseph, uh, here's here's a good example of one that I had. Um, this is an agent that I'd worked with previously. Great professional. We used it on our commercial work. So was we were looking for office space. And he was at an office, uh, fantastic mural on the wall. He knows I like art. Uh, and so while he was there, he sent me a quick video. And he's like, hey, you know, I was in this office space. Don't know if you guys are going to be moving, but check out this piece of art. If you ever want to do a tour on it, he could have sent me a text. He could have sent me an email. But using that video brought me into the space. And there's tons of tools like that. And in other industries, like in tech, it's very commonplace. And we're going to see a lot of that you know, sliding in because the agents who are really good at that are going to end up commanding a much larger part of the pie. I, I agree with you on there. And, you know, we've, we've been teaching the agents that we coach to pivot, not pause th- this year. And, and mm-hmm. we've done a lot of changes in March with, with the lockdowns and the response to the coronavirus, obviously, and I, I think our real estate team, you know, so we've got multiple business, but the, and we kind of did what you did. Like we took what worked well with our team and our own sales, developed this coaching company, Hyperfast Agent. And uh, one of the first things that we did with our actual team here was teach them how to use Zoom. And because yes. we had the training company, we had been, we'd been using Zoom for two or three years. We'd been using online webinars. And so overnight we were able to like get our team on you know, trained up on this and, 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 and our appointments didn't go down at all. The week before the uh, lockdowns, we, we did 70 appointments. The week after we did 70. The key difference was half of those appointments that the week after the lockdown were on zoom. So if we had, exactly, so we would have seen a 50% decrease in our, in our, in our pipeline, you know, had we not made that change at least, at least, you know, in the short term, you know, people eventually got back to more face-to-face interactions, but, you know, having that option for the, for the consumer nowadays, and that, that, that may be something that sticks around. Yeah. Even after things return to, to normal people, you know, people may, may want it for convenience, you know, in consumer. It hundred percent. It's going to happen. We, we've gotten accepted offer on the house we're going to move into. So knock on wood, it doesn't fall apart. The first house that we toured, the very first one, I had back-to-back meetings. So the agent did a video tour with me. You know, did it. Shared video, walked me around, saved me the time of going across town to check it out. Because they were comfortable with that technology, it was a seamless experience for me. And just because lockdowns might reduce doesn't mean my schedule lightens up. So as a consumer, that's so true. And the technologies that help with things like that self-calendaring so that the consumer can book meetings, uh, chatbots on your website. These are all small widgets that are super easy to stand up that haven't been as commonplace, but are going to become commonplace. Yeah, I, I, I agree. We've also had success with like Calendly and schedule wants and other things like that, where you're just taking out the whole, the three or four series of emails or the, or the, the call of, Hey, is this open? No. What about these dates and back and forth? And instead you can just send a link or, or have it on your email signature or on your website. And you know, the, 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 the client can take the time. Absolutely. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you want to take your real estate 
business to the next level? If you do, there's no reason to go it alone. Learn from people who've been where you want to go. Carrie and I have sold billions of dollars in real estate. We've netted over seven figures for seven years in a row now, and we wanna see if you would be a good fit to work for us. We don't work with a lot of people, but we wanna give you a chance to get on a free strategy call to see if we can help you get your business to the next level. Go to hyperfastcoach.com and apply for your discovery session today. Again, that's hyperfastcoach.com. What, what other technologies do you think the, the pandemic has accelerated? Because I think most of these technologies were around before. Maybe there's been some new ones since, but for the most part, the stuff we've used we, was already in place or we were already even using it. This just We just used it more. And I, I think consumer adoption adoption has increased faster and, and maybe there's other things out there too like what are you what are you seeing in that front a hundred percent so none of these are brand new technologies like all of these are tried true they've been in use for ages it's really accelerated that adoption um, we've just now spoken about a number that are very customer facing so very front of office you know using video to sell using youtube calendars there's a ton of back office that we've seen in use that have just taken off. So a really good example would be uh, conversational intelligence tools like Gong, Chorus. Really good example. Right now, our sales team is distributed. We have folks in California, Ontario, uh, British Columbia. Uh, We're just extending an offer to someone based out of India. And when you have that type of distributed Mm -hmm. time zone, it's really easy to say, okay, I need a way to communicate with my team that's more asynchronous. And so we, we use a tool like Gong or Chorus. The thing is that these tools are going to help wherever you are. So these tools record our conversations automatically, automatically identifies what words are being used, helps identify some of the trends, and makes it super easy to comment. So now when my team has a sales call, a demo, a follow-up, that doesn't go as well as what they hoped. Or maybe there's a question that they didn't really know the answer to or an objection they didn't handle well. They can tag me on that video, on that audio. I can listen in, I can chime in, I can add comments. So I can coach them even if I wasn't there beside them, even if I wasn't there in real time. I could do it on the weekend, in the evening, in my own time. I can let that audio play twice as fast so I can get to that area. And these are back office improvements so that my team can improve. It's not customer facing. And we'll see more tools like that in every, every industry. What, uh, what, what tools do you think are, are not out there yet that, that should be? I mean, this is a little bit kind of crystal ball or prediction, but is, is, are there things out there that you know, people aren't using yet that they, that they should or, or that are almost created, but you know, Totally. This is, this is going to sound really silly, uh, but things like TikTok for business. So if we think about everything I talked about, like video, all these items, it's, everything that's been designed is very much from the consumption side. How do I make it easy to consume video? In many ways, it's still a giant pain in the, yeah, to, to actually create content. So, you know, the agent who's around the house, taking recordings, sitting out, going through some listings, it's still not seamless to do. 
If I'm at my computer, I can use tools like Vidyard to do that. But if I'm out in the field, it's not quite as easy. So quick authoring and editing interfaces like TikTok, so I can get a clip, get a clip, add this, add a sticker, add a comment. That type of creation is going to be in increasingly attractive. And if somebody does know a really effective kind of TikTok for business style interface, let me know because I'd love to be using that better. Uh, but I think we're going to see more tools for creators transition more into that business to business uh, and that professional selling environment. Yeah, TikTok's an interesting one for me. I, I am on it and, and make videos and, um, and, and use it. Most of the people I know that are on, on the, on that app, you know, most of the, the, the people just around my office and, and friends I know they're, they're on there as consumers. They just mm -hmm. they find it very, very entertaining and, um, and funny, but they're not, they're not making videos, but the video, the video editor on there and, and the, the experience from the production side, I, I think is even more fascinating than the consumer side. It's, it's just better than the other apps that are out there. It is. It's amazing. And it's not easy to use something like TikTok for that creation and then sending. Like if I was going to send a client a TikTok video, they'd be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but as soon as there is an app that gives you that kind of editing or authoring experience and lets you easily send that in a branded way to your client, it's got your logo at the top. Yeah, that's going to, a ton of people are going to use that. Uh, and so thinking ahead of that is uh, where I'd suggest uh, agents can really differentiate themselves. Yeah, it's interesting that, that that hasn't been out there yet or that someone hasn't emulated it or, or, or taken it and done that, but maybe that's uh, right around the corner. We just don't well, know. <laughs> it's going to happen. Google did just announce their stories for websites uh, where every website can become an interactive piece of content like that story. So we're going to see more things like that. Uh, and I, I genuinely believe with these new trends, people will be looking out for new ways to, to buy, to shop, to look. So first mover always has an advantage, but at this type of transition point in a market, first mover has a huge advantage. And so I, that was a great question. What's coming down the pipeline? Cause I think people should be keeping their antennas up because there'll be some really interesting disruptions in the space. Well, I do, I do find it interesting that, you know, capitalism is always credited with being, you know, leading to innovation. And, and, and now what you've seen is Snapchat really came up with the story and it's been ripped off and, and duplicated by everybody. And every social media platform now has it, you know, LinkedIn added it earlier this year, Twitter just added it. Uh, and, and TikTok is, is basically stories. And, and so everyone's got it now. They all kind of like, you know, like herded to the, in that direction, but Snapchat is uh, not not certainly not where they, they used to be. I'm not going to call them dead, but uh, they're 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 down. I, th I think a lot in, in user activity ever since you know Instagram added the story feature. It's such an it's such an interesting space, and it's a really good reminder that uh, the the kingmaker can change at any time. Like Facebook might be working for for you one month, but then maybe you need to drive your business from Google Ads you know, the next month. Uh, so it is, it is a very shifting landscape. So we've, we've talked a lot about things real estate agents can adopt in the tech field and the tech sales field. What do you think are, are some things real estate agents do a really good job at that um, 
people in the tech industry can learn from or that, you know, if a realtor decides, hey, I'd, I'd really go sell tech or they'll say it's not my thing. Uh, what, do you, what do you think are the assets that, that, you know, he or she would have to bring over? Uh, the tech I, I spoke about customer stories early because yeah, it stands out in such stark relief. Like a story has to be personal. It really does. And folks that have only ever sold technology often lose track of that. They're like talking about conversion rates and process optimization and cost reduction. And that's just not personal. So I want to come back to that one because that one's a big one. Uh, discretionary effort is a huge one. You see a lot of tech companies focus on hiring someone who just came right out of school and maybe they did competitive sports and they're very extroverted. That background can be good, but it doesn't necessarily mean the person's going to put in the extra time, that they're not going to just treat this as a nine to five clock in. In tech sales, that little bit of discretionary effort makes a world of difference and agents get that. They've been there. They, they come in and they step into a tech role and then they recognize, oh my goodness, you know, I've got a way easier schedule now because I'm not having to do a showing at 9 p.m. after I put the kids down. And so that uh, understanding of discretionary effort is a really big one. Uh, the third thing I would point to is actually treating their business like a business. And so many sales professionals don't fully internalize that. And I mean, it is. If you, if, if you are on any kind of commission-based role, you need to treat your work like a business. You're going to experiment. You're going to choose where you invest. You invest in education, in yourself, in your tools, in your systems. So many sales professionals in the tech space don't think about it that way. They just think about it as the company investing in their role. And they're so hesitant to buy that book, do that course, experiment with a piece of technology and then make a decision. And so what we see is agents who have that, that experience, that willingness to invest in themselves and their business and to make those business choices. Yeah, I'll advertise here, I'll go to these events and if it doesn't work, I'm not gonna do it next time. Like that discipline is, it sounds like such a silly thing, I know, because to an agent, I'm sure you're thinking, yeah, this is just what we do, but it's actually a profound difference. And it's a huge asset that so many other industries just don't, don't build. Well, I think it's, I think it's, you know, a lot of sales roles, you, you have a base salary or, or some type of combination of a blended hybrid pay model or whatever in, in real estate, it's typically hundred percent commission. So mm -hmm. it really truly is, you know, eat what you, you kill. And, and so people, I think if, if they don't get it from a discretionary effort or consistency and business, you know, model and planning uh, point of view, like they just won't be in the, in the business that long. And it's, and it's, but it's a frame of mind. It's like, Hey, am I, am I going to sponsor this team? You know, this thing, this sponsorship is going to cost me 10 grand. How many, how many deals do I need to close for that to be worth the investment? Like that's a pretty easy calculus. Um, be surprised how many tech sales professionals don't start thinking about it that way. Instead, they think about it as maybe the company should do this sponsorship and that would make my deals move faster. And it's also disconnected that the decisions are slower, the changes are slower and end up not owning their future as much. Well, it's uh, fascinating. What, uh, what are you most excited about looking ahead to, to uh, 2021 and, and the year ahead? The part I find so exciting is uh, it's both exciting because it's fascinating and exciting because there's a lot of change. Uh, and 
what this, this pandemic has caused is a lot of companies have realized they don't have to be constrained to a single physical location. So I see this in tech a lot. A lot of tech companies thought their path to growth was two or three major cities, maybe an office with 100 or 200 people in it. And now they're realizing they're going to have people in 200 cities, but maybe only two or three people in each city. And that change, that frame of reference means that we're going to have a lot of companies, a lot of individuals who can compete across border for markets. I think we'll see a lot more agents closing deals when people live in another city or live in another country because the technology supports it. And I think we're going to see a lot of people assume that's the case now. So we live about an hour outside of Toronto. We know our agent is going to be marketing our condo to the Toronto buyers. And if we were moving to Toronto, we love what our agent's done. There's a good likelihood we'd say, hey, can you help us with that new location as well? So the idea that geography really doesn't matter, it's been a trend over time, but this last year has been a huge step change. And that's that's really exciting. So that's going to open up a lot of opportunities a lot of new technologies and uh, it'll be an interesting new future. And that, that should have a, a big impact on, on the real estate market in, in certain areas, for sure. I think it's gonna have a massive impact. Uh, and some of it'll be good because it'll open up you know, new opportunities. Some of it's gonna be terrifying. Like if, if people don't need to see you physically or if there's a way to have somebody else go and do that visit, does that mean an agent from a significantly different state or even a different country could close this deal. I mean, licensing regulatory bodies, they're all going to have to tackle this. It's going to be, it's going to be a little chaotic. Definitely. Well, before we wrap up, I, I always like to do a hyper fast round. If you're ready for some rapid fire, rapid fire questions and answers. Absolutely. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new person starting off in sales industry get comfortable on video what uh what about uh an experienced person in the sales industry what, what advice would you give them <laughs> the same thing get comfortable on video all right well uh I, I definitely agree with you on both those points what's the biggest mistake that you see successful salespeople make people have been doing it for a while and have had success uh forgetting how fast change happens what, uh, what's a mistake or a challenge you made in business and how did you overcome it? Oh, that's how to make that an answer. Uh, hiring friends and family was both my biggest mistake. It's also been, I think, our biggest advantage. So it's definitely had to turn that one around. All right. What about uh, when, when, you're not, when you're not working? Uh, what would we find you doing? If I'm not scrambling with the kids, uh, probably making music. I like making electronic music, so that's where I'd be. Awesome. And last one, where do you see yourself in 10 years? From now? Uh, not just training uh, 30 sales reps a month, but uh, 300, because it is taking off like crazy. All right, so 10X for you there. That would be, uh, be fun to see. Uh, well, that's that's it for the hyper fast round. And before we wrap up here, uh, if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about what you do or connect with you, what are the best ways for them to do that? So they can always hit our website, uvaro, U-V-A-R-O.com. I'm accessible on LinkedIn. Uh, Joseph Fung is the easiest way to get me. Uh, I'm always, always happy to chat with people. You can uh, hit my calendar at 
uva.ro, uvaro slash Joe. Happy to chat. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show today, Joseph. It was a pleasure. Thank you to all the listeners and viewers out there. We will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.